Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, catching a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry? Then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. Yes, 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 yes. We're back, bro. We're back. I love, I love the Tony Robbins intro, dude. That was dude, good. Yes, I'm feeling it, man. Positive. I'm gonna. We're manifesting. Uh, 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 just the greatest MMA sports betting season that is that, that you're ever gonna see until 2023, 2022 will be one for the record books. Do you believe it? When you come in like that, all Diego Sanchez-esque, it makes me think of one of two things. One, we're going to be absolutely fantastic Mm -hmm. this year. Or two, everything's going to fall by the wayside. It's going to blow up, but it's going to be a fantastic fucking ride by me, amigo. No, no. (laughs) It will be, this will be prime Diego. Uh, We will, this, I'm telling you, this. The dream or the nightmare? This will be the nightmare. This will be the nightmare because when Diego was the dream, things were dicey. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're going back. We're going All back. Right. Um, I just, I want you to know ahead of time that my energy is up and my motivation is, it's just tenfold. Like, so I, I want to cue the listeners in on something here is that you and I, um, have not spoken very much since the last episode. We really haven't. No. And and I didn't know I didn't know if it's cuz like Christmas or New Year's or if you got the Chinese virus or or what happened, but I I haven't seen like this probably right now is the longest and the most you and I have spoken in about 3 weeks, which seems weird given what's about to take place over the next 365 days. No, it's absolutely fantastic. I was going to this kind of like an Easter egg hunt. I looked at you as like the golden egg. Like I knew you were out there. I was mm-hmm. seeking you. I'm ready to find you. Here's the thing though, Dale. <laughs> I thought maybe you'd come in. I was like, oh, Dale's going to come in maybe a little fat. He put on some like some mm-hmm. jolly weight over the holiday. Oh, no, sir. maybe he's going to come in with a, maybe he's going to shave his beard. He's going to come in clean shaven, throw me mm-hmm. for a loop. Nope. To be honest, dude. You look great. You look exactly the same. I'm happy to be back in the saddle. Thanks, man. Thanks. You know, I 
we have big plans for this year. One of which is we took kind of a, like a just bro down year last year. You guys have heard us talk about this, you know, quite a bit, but we're going to recap because we're, we're starting a fresh year. Had a little bit of a bro down year last year where we just kind of, we were in it to enjoy the sport. We just wanted to chop it up, have a good time. You know, we got, we got cute. We got ugly. We got everywhere in between, but not our most profitable year. Not what we cut our teeth at. Sure. We're not going to get rid of the things that you guys like, but we are going to improve on the things that make us good uh, to begin with. And one of those is exactly that being really freaking good at picking fights. Um, You know, more than, than most Um, I don't like losing anything Um, and the level of discontent that you see, whether it be on our social media or what I display on the show um, is just about the most Mr. Rogers version of me toning it down as humanly possible. So um, I don't like to lose. And as such, we are not going to do very much of it this year. And I won't make excuses if it does happen, but I'm telling you right now, it's not going to. So now we, uh, we drank a lot of beer, which Ooh, crack that that's open. not going to change. It's not going to change. Yeah. No, we're going to be firing on all cylinders. We're going to hit yep. 70% win rate this year, 2022. Every pick you hear is going to fucking hit. You're going to put some cash in your pocket. I'm ready. I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. Dude. Let's keep Let's keep it under. every pick here. It's going to put cash in your pocket. Let's keep it realistic. We're just, we're going to go back to what works. We're, yeah. we're going to, we're going to. Women's MMA underdogs. Women's MMA underdogs. Every time. Don't say anything else to me about it. Anybody from the Caucasus Mountains. You, yes. it, this is just, listen. Science. Science. If you were from the Caucasus Mountains or you are a woman's underdog, you will see some action this year. So that's just, we'll just, we'll just go ahead and spoiler alert that out. But the first fight card of the year um, is right around the corner. Uh, This Saturday night, we have punch list alum, Calvin Cater taking on Giga Chikadze, uh, who, you know, (laughs) as as far as punch list lore is concerned is one, is one of our favorite fighters. Uh, he just just so happens to be going up against one of our boys, one of our stay classy meets stable boys uh, or stable mates. So we have a hard time with this one, uh, but we're going to keep it objective. We're going to break down the fight uh, and we'll ultimately, you know, leave you guys with some nuggets that can hopefully put some money in your pocket. But like I alluded to, uh, we do have a, we do have fights this weekend. Calvin Cater is the main event and he is sponsored by our show sponsor, Stay Classy Meets. If you go to stayclassymeets.com, Dot com guys and use promo code fist you can save 10 percent on your entire order it's been a couple weeks you haven't heard me say it or it might be your first time listening to the show i will repeat it one more time stayclassymeats.com farm to table fresh food no gmo no hmo none of that stuff you know where your your food came from when i get my food it tells me what cow and what number uh, hmm. so cow number 9081 that that's my girl. She's been feeding my family for the last couple months. I appreciate you, Cal number nine zero eight one. Appreciate you fighting a good fight. So, yeah, going into twenty twenty two, we also got to look good, guys. We're sponsored by mm. Allegiance Clothing. Go to allegianceclothing.com, Type in the code punch. You're gonna get fifteen percent off site wide. As you remember, in Q four of twenty twenty one, we put out one design that we were a big fan of, the hedge. Yeah. Pre-sold extremely well. We'll have more designs that we will put out in 2022. 
not only be able to capitalize on these limited edition shirts, but you're going to get that 15% off code at punch 15% off site-wide. Have you talked to Roy? I know. So to give you guys an update, those of you that did purchase a shirt, had a little bit of that Rona um, make its way through mm-hmm. the Allegiance team. And that put a small little, little delay on production. And then Roy and his wife just had a kid. Um, so congrats to them. But have you spoken to Roy? Do we know estimated oh, yeah. ship date? Oh, you know? They're shipping out. They're shipping oh. out. He's in process. Yeah. So oh, if you did okay. buy one, they are in transit. If not, they will be in transit this week, but you guys oh, are covered. Okay. Don't worry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I didn't know. And now I know. See, this This what happens when you go, you go three weeks without talking this. to me. Yeah, you are doing a lot of that. And Very campaigning. Like political. Yes, thank you. Kind of yeah. hold a quarter between your index finger and mm-hmm. your thumb and kind of just point it at people. It portrays a lot of confidence as well as gives me a lot of motivation. Right. Well, with that, you got to, you can't use the, you have to use the thumb. Because if you do the finger, people it's it's too powerful. And then if you do the knife hand, people get people get really upset. Those of you that know anything oh, about the knife hand, if I start busting out the knife hand, things get weird. And then the knife hand, the knife hand's really important because you got to make sure that it's facing the right direction. The knife hand oh. has to be with with your palm up. It can't. That's be, aggressive. It can't be the other way around. Otherwise, people get very upset. <laughs> That's a new New Year's resolution. I'm only going to speak to people with the knife hand. Just be like, have you never been knife handed before? No, if I did, I would totally just be submissive. I'd be like, you win. Good, sir. And, oh, any, any of, any of our veterans that listen to this, there is nothing more intimidating than a DI rolling up on you. And listen here. And they hit you with that <laughs> knife hand right up in your face. I mean, they get <laughs> right in, in your, listen to me. I mean, they just, they're right there. So that knife hand, that's a very serious thing. So it's awesome. It's so I used to cool. knife hand people all the time. Yeah. That's hardcore. I love it. So get right <laughs> up in there. Yeah. I may or may not have knife handed a kid or two. It might. <laughs> my kid, oh, my, for sure. My kids may or may not have gotten a knife hand one time. <laughs> Listen to me. Yeah. Stop crying. Or I'm going to give you something to cry about. Yeah. Something you ever tell your kids that? box of mac and cheese. Let's go. Yeah. You ever tell your kids that? Stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about. No, oh. no. When I they get older, you'll threaten them more. Stop crying! I'll buy you a toy. What? Bro. Yeah, dude, dude. <laughs> I threaten violence on my kids all the time, <laughs> all the time. I always tell them we have our backyard's fenced. I always tell them to throw them over the fence. <laughs> like if you don't stop, I'm gonna put you over the fence. I don't know. I've never put anything over the fence, but I, I always threaten that. I always say that, and I always tell them I'm gonna send them to the moon. I don't know, like a. I don't know. I don't know why that is. Two of my two of my dad phrases. Send you to the moon and put you over the fence. All right, you ready? Might call child services before I'm ready to go, but yes, I'm ready. Okay. You ready to rock and roll? All right, cool. Yeah. First fight on the main <laughs> the first fight on the main card. Uh a gentleman, you know, he's in the illustrious. We've never seen him in the same room. Um, I believe oh, that Bill Algio, right. Billy Q, Corey Sandhagen were all remnants in the same test tube they were all just kind of just shook them up and then they just spread that spread it out everywhere uh bill algio 14 and 6 taking on yo anderson brito at 12 2 and 1 brito if i'm not mistaken trey is making his ufc debut and he is actually a favorite over bill algio minus 133 algio coming back at a plus 113 over under on rounds 
is at two and a half. Now, you're a big Jits guy, and you love you some Brazilians. Tell me more about Yo Anderson Brito. Do you know anything about him at all? Very little, and it makes me very nervous because mm. these are one of those matchups that the UFC obviously sees something. He's a Dana White mm. contender series guy, strong takedowns. He's one of those guys that kind of smothers you, holds half guard, just starts pummel fisting just down to get it out. I love that type of style. I just I'm a huge fan of Bill Algio. You and I beat mm. Bill Algio, Billy Q. Those are our those are our boys, dude. Right. He's got you know Bill Algio, good switch stances, great cardio. So mm -hmm. Regardless of Brito coming in and having a wearing style, I think that Bill Algio is really good about getting his back up against the cage, getting up out of it, out of uh, any distress. I, I I'm going with the vet here. I think quality of competition is a huge thing to talk here. Plus one thirteen, I'll take that all day long. I think he's got good looks. He's going to have better striking. Can he evade the ground game of Brito? You know, take Brito. Sure, I've, I saw him in his Dana White contender series. He seemed to wear in the later rounds, so maybe you mm -hmm. want to take him by sub in that first round. But I think money line straight up, you got to go Algio here. I think what's interesting about this, and I'm going to tell you how I'm looking to play this. I want to see, I want, I want to see the weight cut for Brito. I want to make sure that he makes weight. Mm. Um, but if I'm looking at him, he's got 12 wins as a professional, 10 of which have come via via finish. Right? He's got four KOs. He's got six submissions. So. Yeah. He's got an extremely high finish rate, but the nuance and the, the point that I think that you, you touched on, but we kind of went over it really quickly is the cardio as the fight progresses. Now right. contender series, I believe there's quite an, an adrenaline dump there, right? Because it's you in the apex, you're fighting for a potential job. There's a lot of pressure there, right? It's, it's very much an intimately pressured environment. Uh, and now Gets to kind of run it back, uh, but he's doing so. But it's a fur. It's his first like I'm I'm here now fight, right? And he's going up against a guy like you said that has some experience. But as much as we love Bill Algio and we do love him, uh, I I do want to give a proper assessment of what we've seen so far, right? And what we have seen out of Bill Algio is a guy that's lost two out of three. Okay. What we've seen is a guy who spiked Carlisle. That's it. Now he's got losses to Hakarta Hamos and Hakarta Lamas. Now, good thing for him, Neil Anderson's not named Ricardo. Otherwise, we would just go ahead and, <laughs> and just pound this all day long. But for sure, I, I what I'm more interested in this fight is I think that depending on, I might want to take, I might want to take an inside the distance play here because I feel like there's an opportunity with the relentless pace of Algio to essentially have Brito gas somewhere in the right. mid-second round, end of second round, and then put him in deep water in the third. Late stoppage, third round stoppage perhaps. Uh, I'm not interested in the over-under on two and a half because I think that this is a fight where we might actually see something in the latter half that that decides the fate of the fight, right? Um, I do believe that Brito is going to be more dangerous early on I want to see what the adrenaline looks like. I want to see what the energy management looks like, but we won't know till we're in. So I'm going to go ahead and at least initially as it stands right now, uh, Tuesday night, I'm more interested in an inside the distance play here. Of course, Bill Algio at plus money is always fun, uh, but this fight is really close. Pick them inside. The distance is really close. I'm just going to hope for a finish. Um, I, I love Brito's ability to finish fights and, a guy who can finish fights but has bad cardio, 
he's he's win or go home, right? He's die on the shield. You're either going to kill me or be killed. So I'm just going to take the inside the distance here for right now. I may adjust this come Saturday, but as it stands right now, that's where I like this fight to end. I love that. I, the, your your connection to the Spike Carlisle fight was like perfect. This is a great replication of that. First round adrenaline dump, all energy from Brito, mm-hmm. Algia. Yeah. Takes over it. in the second half of the fight. Now, he didn't get, he didn't get Spike out of there, but um, the, the fight really was – it was a tale of, of two halves. I mean, mm-hmm. Spike came out like a house on fire. Put it to to Algio and then just really so it's not anything that Bill hasn't seen before. We'll see how he navigates it. I'd like to see him get a finish here. My only concern with that is that you know not necessarily known for his finishes uh, to an extent, right? Uh, Algio does pretty well um, of his wins, you know, right? We're we're talking about a guy. He's got 14 professional wins, nine of which have come via finish. So still a pretty high finish percentage, not 10 out of 12. Nine out of 14 is not bad. Both these guys have penage. Pen, uh, penage? Pen, pen, penage. What? Why can't I say that word? I lost pen, it now. Pen. Pentage? Pen, penage? Pen, I lost pen it. it. I, th- I thought I knew the word. No? Penchant. Penchant for winning fights. There you go. Dude, I totally lost the word there. That was um, that was wild. Inside the distance. Yep. Completely, completely. Especially because I don't really it. know what that word means, but I right. knew that that's what it sounded You've like. You've heard me say it before. Right. All right. Yeah. Next up, we got Jake Collier at 12 and 6, taking on Chase Sherman at 15 and 8. Fat Jake Collier. And I, I hate to I hate to put him at that, but that's what he that, I mean, he's really he's coming in heavy, mm-hmm. um, making his heavyweight. But boy, did he prove us wrong last time out. And as such, he's actually the favorite here against Chase Sherman. Over on rounds at two and a half. How do you see this one shaking out, bro? Do, do you ever watch the show The Office? You come love on. The Office, right? Come on, yeah, of course. What What was Dwight's? Was his brother the Amish dude? What was his name? Uh, well, so Dwight did have a brother, but he didn't show up um, until the latter seasons when somebody died. I think his grandma died, um, but his cousin that stayed with him was Mose. Mose, okay. Dude, Jake Collier looks like a fat version of Moe's. That's what mm. I, I've decided. Yeah, mm. that's Chubby what I have in my, okay. my show Mose. prep for tonight. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's okay. It. Fat Moe's. Okay. Um, coming off a split uh, split decision loss, though, mm-hmm. to Carlos Philippe, who I think, and not to like fat shame and put them all in the same boat. Yeah, but you do. Carlos Philippe, to me, sounds, or not sounds, is the exact same person as Justin Taffa. Ooh. Garbage. Wow. Fat. Toffa just went out there and there. proved you wrong last time out and he did not, murked though. a man. He, he literally murdered a man. He did not. I will say this about Jake Collier, though. He's a guy that can get into boxing range. He is fairly durable. And when you're going against a guy in Chase Sherman who's going to have more volume and a glass chin, that's mm. a huge problem for a guy that strikes from distance versus mm. a guy that's going to bull rush you, get inside that pocket, and start to mm. land heavy. I'm going more so in these heavyweight fights to look at the durability factor. And I think that Jake mm. Collier has that in relation to Chase Sherman. Neither of these guys have good cardio. One's going to be more durable and one's going to put more of a volume out there. So the thing is you're weighing, am I going to go with a durable guy or am I going to go with a guy that's going to go points wise? It's a heavyweight fight. So you think it's definitely going to be inside the distance. I think there's an opportunity based on the way that Chase Sherman fights for it to go over one and a half. Now see Vegas knows that at a heavyweight fight, this fight should go over one and a half. Hence why they set it at two and a half. 
So I'm going to go with the person in the later rounds who's going to be more durable, who's going to put on more of an onslaught in Jake Collier. So that's where I'm going there. I'm on Jake Collier, but for different reasons. Um, Hmm. So I don't believe that I don't believe that Chase Sherman has a glass chin. I think I think that's a harsh assessment. Uh, Last time he was knocked out was 2018. um, And that was against Augusto Sakai and has fought nearly 10 times since then and hasn't been finished. So, I, I mean, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to be corrective. I just, I don't think that he has a glass chin. I do believe that he gets hurt in his fights. Um, he is, he's got that very vertical chin level, doesn't put his chin down, rock him, sock him kind of approach to things. He gets hit a lot. Uh, Jake Collier has looked a lot better. He showed up for the Tom Aspinall fight. We were all like, <laughs> what on earth yeah, is right. happening? Like, exactly. It's like he came in from cutting the grass and just got slept by <laughs> Tom Aspinall. But then he comes back and, you know, he had the, he had the fight with, um, what's his face, uh, Philippe, where, he, you know, yes, it was a split decision loss, but I thought he looked good in that fight, all things considered. I think and then he won he, it. And yeah, and then he beat your boy Jean Volante, who we all know how much you love Jean Volante. Um, <laughs> so I I think that one of the things that you have to consider is that this fight is another one that's incredibly even. And who I've seen look better as of late is Jake Collier. Um, chat says that Chase Sherman has lost to Porter and Arlovsky. Now the guy who wrote that in the chat has listened to us for a while now. You know that when Andre Arlovsky shows up, we tend to bet him against younger fighters because he's very good at using veteran while to win fights. Uh, I'm a big Andre Arlovsky stand when it comes to fighting younger, inexperienced fighters. Um, obviously, that didn't shake out for us in the Tom Aspinall fight, but we're not here to talk about Andre Arlovsky. The Parker Porter version of, of Chase Chat lost, but Parker Porter looked like the the porter Bad. that was on the re- yeah but on the regional <laughs> scene that people had him hyped up about he came up and actually looked the part right like that what people were talking about so i think uh given the same components i will I, i'm going to i'm going to go with collier here minus 125 i'm going to take him this is a heavyweight fight anything can happen everybody knows that asterisk is exists on heavyweight fights but hmm. Collier minus one twenty five. He's looked better as of late. Recency bias, maybe. I don't know. Chase Sherman's another guy also that's also been busted for being on the juice before. He's been on and off gear a couple times in his career. So I, I don't. I, I, I try to. You know, we'll we'll see. But as of right now, Jake Collier. Hmm, is he on that like Decadurbo, dude? What was he on? I don't know what he was on, man. I think he came back. Who did he fight? And then he was gone for a grip where was it he came back and fought was it the dude who who was it that he fought he fought somebody and he was gone for a while he's on um, that and that no explode dude no pre-workout yeah. shit dude yeah. for he, sure. was on that, he was on that science <laughs> oh science dude <laughs> he was on dude. that science bro i remember college <laughs> dude science was where it was at man <laughs> That was some good stuff, dude. Right. That was the was the type of pre-workouts where you take it and all of a sudden you get freakishly itchy and you're like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? Yeah, I'm going to have a heart attack, but I feel like I need a pump, dude. I need a pump. Yeah, yeah, in... <sighs> yeah. yeah. make my nose itchy. So I bought two cases of Zions one time for 10 bucks total. 
Um, there was a place, and I, I mean, they're they're I don't know if they're nationwide, but they're definitely East Coast called Big Lots. Do you guys have Big Lots out there? No. Okay, so Big Lots is like I don't know, bro. It's bootleg. It's bootleg. Like it's like stuff that's got scratch and dent and just generics. I mean, it's I don't know, man. It's like I can't even describe what Big Lots is. It's a it's a discount retail place, right? Yeah. But they sell everything from food to furniture in Big Lots. It's it's a very <laughs> strange place. Somebody that listens to the show will know what Big Lots is. So anyway, uh, we had a Big Lots. Oh no, was it wasn't Big Lots? Maybe it was. It was Big Lots or Busy Beaver. I can't remember. Anyway, doesn't matter. Jack 3D. Jack Josh. 3D for it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. They had Zions. They had the cases, like the blister pack cases of like 24. They had them for five bucks a piece. Now, I was working at the prison at the time and I was like, hey, man, that's cheap energy drinks. You know what I mean? I'm taking cases and putting yeah. them in my truck. So I buy two of them. I go and I put them in my locker at work. And like for a week, I'm drinking the two Zions a day. I hadn't, so I hadn't seen Zions at this point. I hadn't seen Zions in years. It wasn't even sponsored the UFC anymore, but I was, I just remembered it from there getting good energy off of them the whole nine, <laughs> you know, staying up through midnight shifts. Then I look at the can. They were expired by like three years. I was drinking <laughs> cherry limeade yeah. Zions, two cases of them that were expired for like three years. So if I ever grow a horn or a lump on my back, Zions. <laughs> that's probably why i've never gotten COVID. is because i drank i drank 17 <laughs> gallons of three-year-old science <laughs> chinese virus is no match for my blood bro <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> so it's, see they got it all wrong they keep saying trust the science what they should be saying is trust the science <laughs> fauci back the fuck off dude <laughs> up, bro cherry limeade science all right brandon royval 12 and 6 taking on rogerio bontarine bontarine at 17 and three bontarine great plus, segue dude plus 145 plus no, royval minus 170 over on rounds at two and a half what do you got no i mean who's more of a freaking science or a freaking jack 3d or a no no explode than brandon royval dude this guy is hyped on pre-workout he's lighting a bottle he's super fast explosive mm-hmm. well-rounded mm-hmm. puts themselves in some precarious situations but mm-hmm. it's all part of the flowy state dude where he just kind of just goes you know yeah dislocated arm whatever he may be he puts himself in situations that are not the best mm-hmm. but i have the utmost confidence he can come out of that rogerio very like type a this is a guy that's great on the ground mm. and he's Dry bodies, tight submissions. We talked about mm. it in 2021. All mm-hmm. about those tight bodies. Or not tight bodies. Dry bodies. <laughs> <laughs> he, probably, he has a tight body, too. Dude. He's a freaking tiny dude. He's got Come a tight on, body. No, no, you can't walk that back. Just, ex- just, lean, just lean in that you're all tight body. Go ahead. Just lean into that. All right. Well, Royval is probably not as sophisticated as it relates to the Brazilian jiu-jitsu aspect of this. But I love Royval in the scramble. I think he's unorthodox. He's creative. He's fast. He's explosive. I also think he's a title contender. I think this is a step down in competition for him. I think this line's actually wow. very close, which is ridiculous. I think Brandon Roy Val should be at a much higher price than minus 170. So I think this is a great spot to take him. Um, will he let up, being that this is kind of like a, you know, whatever? I don't know. But I think that Rogerio's good for the first round. His cardio mm-hmm. tanks in rounds two and three. You're going to go with someone who has the most fantastic cardio on Roy Val, 
who's unorthodox, who's unique, who's explosive. Mm. I mean, I don't understand what else you could do. I, the only thing I could think is that Bontarine takes him to the ground, literally smothers him freaking Russian style, suffocates him and finds a submission. But I think Roy Val is more creative than that. And he's a, he's really fast. That's what I think. That's interesting. See, I think I think Bontarine's a live dog here. Mm. I really think I think I think that he is. So one of the things that we need to address is I'm going to bring one of our private conversations to the forefront here. Um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah, we need to talk about these Colorado teams and how they finished. Um, how they finished. Elevation did not do good. Elevation Factory X. Um, we had some issues. We had we had some struggles. Uh, yeah. Started out the beginning of 2021 very hot. Um, cooled off. Cooled off, if you will, uh, towards the end of 2021. Yes. Gym momentum is a big thing. We talk about that a lot. It's one of the un, unsung factors of MMA betting. 100%. Uh, Brandon Royval is getting ready to fight Rogerio Bonterine. And Bonterine presents a very similar... I don't want to give him a bunch of credit when it comes to striking, but he, he presents a similar look within reason to the guy who just um to alexander pantosha hmm. who beat roy ball it's, it's it, i'm pretty sure he choked him unconscious so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go with a pretty decided victory there um that being said pantosha is obviously a light years better striker but we have an issue on the ground we have an issue on the ground um, mm-hmm. That needs to be addressed. Yes, he's creative on the ground. Yes, he's creative with the hands. But um, if you look at who he's losing to, right? At least in recent memory, um, LFA through now, Casey Kenny, Brandon Moreno, Alexander Pantoja. Okay, so elite level competition. That's who's beating Brandon Royval. Right. The problem is, is in the interim, wins over Tim Elliott and win wins over Kai Kara France. That's that's really kind of it. Now I'm not shortchanging Tim Elliott, who is now famous for giving, you know, Mighty Mouse all he can handle for about one and a half rounds. Um, and Kai Car France just knocked out a very depleted shell, a wisp, a husk of Cody Garbrandt. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not crazy about either one of those wins when I look at that in comparison to what Bontarine has done as of recently with a dominant win over Matt Schnell, which was a bounce back to a loss from Car France and a loss to Ray Borg. And you know I love Ray Borg, um, but he beat Julian Paiva. He beat Magomed Biblatov. Um, he's he's a legit, legit threat to Brandon Royval. Um, mm. I, I know, I know you, you, you're – how you feel about Roy Vall, I felt the same way. We, I think we've bet him just yeah. about every time he's had yeah. a fight, but he's lost two. He's two and two in the UFC. We need to we need to put some respect on his on his opposition here. Uh, I think Bontarine is a live dog here because he can exploit some of the issues that Roy Vall has had, which is bigger, stronger, physical fighters. Roy Vall, as flowy state as he wants to be, can be bullied can be pushed around and is not very physically strong. Bontarine is jacked. Um, he, he, he's a big boy for flyweight. So uh, this is going to be an interesting fight. I'm, I'm liking the idea just personally of a small sprinkle on Bontarine at plus money here, because I think that he has more than enough to get it done here. And minus minus one seventy on Roy Vall. 
I don't view him as almost a two to one favorite. I don't think that. I don't think that if these guys were to fight ten times, that that Roy Vall is going to win. You know, more than five out of the ten times. I just don't believe that. So I'm going to, as of right now, I'm on Bontarine at plus money. Didn't Bontarine? He he has like weight issues though. He struggles to get to mm-hmm. 125, right? He's he's dude. I'm saying he's big and he's strong. Right, so maybe we, we wait till till weigh-ins here, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, this one. Plays don't come out till Saturday anyway, so I'm just yeah. As of as I just want to, I'm putting the asterisks out there because I'm no. But a- asterisks aside, if he misses weight and it's not oh, yeah. super gnarly, are we still taking him. I would take him. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. If, if you yeah. take a guy that has weight issues and then you eliminate the weight issue and allow him to come in heavier and less depleted. Of course, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll take him there. Yeah, I, I'm just. For the next couple of weeks, I'm just going to say this now um, as we, we start to interject new people and a new energy into the year. You're going to hear me say, as of right now, we'll wait and see because we're putting these things out on Tuesday. Uh, we're recording live on Tuesday. Wednesday, it comes out. A lot changed. This last year, what we saw was a lot changed between episode time and, and pick release time. And quite a few people had issues with the things that we said on Tuesday and then how we bet on Saturdays. So I'm, I'm going to, whether I got to put it uh, a canned thing at the beginning of the episode or a canned thing at the end of the episode, we'll figure it out, but things are subject to change. Bontarine right now at plus plus one forty five seems juicy as underdog money for me. Cause I don't, I don't like the price on Roy Vol. So juicy. So All juicy. Right. All right. Kalen Chukagian, this is your new co-main event, bro. So was, hot. The co-main event was supposed to be Muslim uh, Salikov versus, um, what's his face, uh, Michelle Pereira. Mm-hmm. That fell off. Then Andre Filo, who most recently knocked out James Vick, was going to step in short notice. And then somebody in Michelle's camp tested positive for COVID. So they pulled the fight. They're going to reschedule it. Yeah. Um, so now your new co-main event is going to be Caitlin Chukagian versus Jennifer Maya. Now, mm-hmm. Jennifer Maya is an underdog here at plus 155. Caitlin Chukagian is at a minus 180. And I am just going to say it right now. Jennifer Maya at plus 155. Oh. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I, I, I'm one. I'm betting I'm betting women's dogs this year more aggressively than we did last year. Yeah. I know the Caitlin Chukagians and the Jessica Eyes of the world tend to be very profitable for us because all they do is jab and grunt and move in circles. Yes. Um, but Jennifer Maya, if she can get a hold of you, her kickboxing is fantastic and her ground game is light years better than Caitlin's. Mm. And I mm. still even though she's fought six times since she made this announcement, I'm still under the impression that Caitlin Chukagian could retire at any moment. I, you know, I keep so saying funny. it. She hasn't I done know. it, but I, I, I still believe it. I still believe she wants a baby in her belly and she's going to retire at some point. I'm telling you, I still believe it. Dude, that when I saw this fight, I was like, how has she not had a baby and started a family yet? This is, we've been talking about this for two years. We've, she's been, she said it two years ago. I don't know how many fights I have left. I want to start a family. I want to be a wife, this, that, and the other. And yet she's still books fights you know and one foot out the octagon you always fade the maya play i have a weird soft spot because if you remember last year one of my biggest plays was jennifer maya over jojo calderwood and i Mm -hmm. said buy sub because Mm -hmm. i thought 
the discrepancy in submission versus striker, yada, yada, yada. It came to fruition. But here's the thing. With Jennifer Maya, let's go back. 10 wins, collectively 10 wins. How many finishes do you think she's had? You're talking about Caitlin Shukagian here. No, I'm talking about Jennifer Maya. Jennifer Maya? How many finishes does Jennifer Maya have in her last 10? Yeah. I have no idea. It can't be One. more than a handful. Yeah, I was going to say. One, and it was the JoJo Calderwood fight that I called. Here's the thing. We like to look at Caitlin Chukagian as this decision queen, someone that's going to strike from distance, move around the cage, yelp, do whatever she's going to do. But, mm -hmm. dude, that's Jennifer Maya also. She is a decision queen. Yes, she's more sophisticated on the ground. Yes, she comes in as a thicker chick, so you think that she's going to be able to shoot, clinch up against the cage and make this a long, boring fight. But she she, she does that. She, she's boring. She's not a killer on the ground. She's not a killer on the feet. So this makes me nervous. I, I would like to go Maya too, because I think plus 155 women's underdog science, but she's a decision fighter and you're going against the decision queen and Caitlin Chikagian. But how do we feel about this considering that it's a rematch? Like I, I know. And Caitlin I, got the better of Jennifer Maya couldn't close the distance for shit in the right. first, in the first fight. Right. So I feel like I feel like she has to. I mean, do we think do we think that Caitlin Shukagian three years later can go out and execute the exact same way? Probably so. You think so? You really think that Caitlin Shukagian is the play here? Are you, are I'm, not go play, I'm not playing her. I'm gonna play Maya just because it's plus 155. It's a women's underdog science. And I'm hoping that Maya comes out and says, you know what? I don't care. I'll die on my sword. I'm going to shoot for a double. This thing's going to the ground. I will chase you down. Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Okay. Okay. I wonder what the, I wonder if Caitlin's had any rematches before and what her record is in rematches. Ooh, that's a good, that's, that's science. I'm just wondering what that, what that may be. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Caitlin Chikagian to me reminds me a lot in the tennis world of Maria Sharapova. Don't you dare. She's don't you dare compare Maria Sharapova to Caitlin Chikagian. Why not? Don't. Because Maria Sharapova is a national treasure and Caitlin Chikagian is not. <laughs> We're not talking about Shia LaBeouf here, dude. dude. His national treasures. Dude. Why is Maria Sharapova a national treasure? Because she showed, listen, we can't, I don't have, we don't have enough time to go into this right now. This is weird. I need to go into this. No, what I'm, I'm stepping. So here's the thing is I'm, I'm stepping ankle deep into your waters here because you're, you're Mr. Tennis. So I, okay. I, I, I'm just throwing this out there is that Sharapova showed up in a time where the sport was being dominated by the Williams sisters and shook everything up and did so with power and precision while being fan and camera friendly in a time where everybody only wanted to talk about the dominance of the Williams sister. She came in and was like, nah, there's a third horseman of the part of this apocalypse. And not only that beat them. So uh, Sharapova, when she was, when she was hot, like in the sport, she was surface of the, the sun, untouchable. Now, did she have the staying power of the Williams sister? No, she did not. But when she – dude, she was like a nuclear blast when she hit the scene. She literally decimated everything and then was gone just as quick as she came. No. That is not was... Caitlin Chukagian. Caitlin Chukagian is a, is, a, is a Lincoln town car. 
She's oh, so boring, right. and she's been around for 30 years, and you're never going to get more than point A to point B. Sharapova was a counterpuncher. She was a wall, the most annoying person to play of all time, and she yelped like a fucking freak. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing Kaylin Chukagian does. It's the same person. I'm pretty sure they switch sports. I'm content. But that's that's cool, dude. That's that's cool. You like her. That's right. I just I I just don't I don't like I don't think Colin Caitlin Chukagian and Maria Sharapova outside of the outside of the yelping thing, yes, I agree. They're both obnoxious when it comes to that. Um yeah. (laughs) So we're taking Maya. Yeah, we're going to take my <laughs> now that we got here. All right. Yeah. Main event of the evening, Calvin Cater at 22 and 5, taking on Giga Chikaze. Chikaze at 14 and 2. Trey, I'm going to let you go first here. Cater plus 91 as far as the time of this, but I've seen him as high as plus 200, plus 210. I think I saw somebody post one time. Minus 225, 226 for Giga coming the other way. The line continues to get longer for Giga Chikaze. I don't necessarily know that I agree that the money should be going that way, but I do kind of side with Vegas on this one. What do you think? Two things that are uh, tough for me to kind of wrap my my head around here. Uh, okay. One, uh, I now know in year 2022 that Georgia is not actual Georgia, United States. It's an actual yeah. country. So that's yeah. cool. Good for you. Um, thank you. Outside of this kickbox and freaking stud from Georgia, that minus 226 line trips me out because where is that coming from? You freaking beat up Cub Swanson. What the fuck are we talking about here? Oh, cool. You crossed the street. (laughs) (laughs) You you took a breath of fresh air. Can you You break down the the fight? Can you break down the fight objectively? Without trying to take a shot at Cub, I'm not. I'm just. I'm no, because we're we're going to circle back to Cub at the end of the show. But I want you to just break down the fight. I'm trying to break it down. I'm just saying that the validity that Vegas is putting in the minus two twenty six line is driven directly from the devastation that came from fights like the Cub Swanson fight, which does not make sense to me. I think he's got great kicks. That's the X factor. We talked about it with Calvin when he was on the show. Who's going to throw kicks first in his last fight? Didn't happen. He's not a kickboxer. He's a boxer. He stands in the pocket and he throws. He can do it from distance and he's very, very good at that. But with Giga Chikaze, a guy that can work from distance, who can utilize his kicks from distance, someone is going to throw in this X factor that Calvin has not been able to address is a huge issue. I think that Cater has fought the better of quality of competition, obviously, i.e. freaking Max Holloway. I'm worried about the Max Holloway fight. I know this is going to sound like the most redundant thing. Any podcast you listen to, any dissecting analyst that you're going to get on this fight is going to say the exact same thing. What does damage look like after the Max Holloway fight? You and I talk about uh, one of the most prolific fights where damage was a huge issue to a fighter. We talk about the Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler fight. Some fights take a huge piece of you going forward. I'm worried that Calvin fucking lost a lot, considering he took over 400 significant strikes to the freaking dome, was an absolute savage and stood in the pocket, got worked. He took a year off, sure. But we talk about camps earlier. We talk about... Uh, 
you know, New England cartel, Rob Font coming off a loss. He's coming off the, the Holloway loss. The team is pretty much just Font and Cater. You know, team momentum's not there. A piece was taken from him. Kickboxing is a freaking X factor. I want Cater to win this fight more than anything. Plus 191. I would take that any other day of the week. But that all that wrapped into one Christmas gift makes me nervous. That was such a solid breakdown, dude. I'm like, I'm like halfway drunk. And that was like, I'm thinking back in my mind. I'm like, nice work, Trey. Okay. <laughs> a big thing that's that weighs heavy on how I like to view underdogs is dog in the fight or fight in the dog and cater will fight for your money. Um, I, I love the toughness and the grit that comes out of Calvin cater. And I, I love the fact that I can put him in a position, no matter who's across the cage from him, and he's going to try his best to win the fight. Uh, you can't teach that level of toughness, but I can't bet on him again until I see him fight and win a fight. Yes. I, I can't do it. Um, and it's not because he looked the way he did in the Max Holloway fight. It's what happened in the Max Holloway fight. It makes me nervous. Again, you, you, you said it perfectly. The talking points this week will be, the Holloway fight and what the takeaway was from or, or what the takeaway will be from that. One of the, one of the things that I think is interesting is that if cater comes back and looks like the cater of old, the cater that we thought was going to go into the max Holloway fight. And I'm not sure there was a fighter on the planet earth that could have beat max that night. Um, if, if that cater that we thought was going to show up at that fight showed up at that fight, I think that Giga is going to have some real, problems because we don't know what giga looks like at minute 15 right what we do because he he had the um split over brandon davis but we don't know what giga looks like at minute 16 we don't know what he looks like at 20 we don't know what he looks like at 25 and cater if you remember when he fought zabit remember this is when zabit magomed sharapov was a thing years ago in russia they abridged that it was supposed to be five rounds. They made it three. And at the end of that fight, and I say this fight, I, I say that to say this, Zabit presents a very similar skill set and problem that Giga will, will present. That's why this point is, is important. As that fight progressed, people thought Cater was going to have issues with the kicks and the creativity of Zabit. And for as that fight progressed, at the end of the third round, Cater was firmly in control. Now, he lost the first two rounds, one very decisively, the second round, eh, but third round was his. If that was a 25-minute fight, he would have beat Zabit. Uh, I, I feel confident he would have. You know, it's fighting, anything can happen. But Giga presents a lot of the same problems. My concerns with Cater, exactly like you said, the damage, um, his very wide stance, that boxing stance, mm -hmm. leaves the liver open. Um, you talked about Cub, you talked about the liver kick. The body attack of Giga is a real problem. Step in knees, kicks to the liver, those are going to be an issue. Those are mm. going to be an issue. Cater's got, I mean, I'm, I obviously don't know more than Tyson Chartier when it comes to this. I'm sure they've prepared accordingly. Will they execute on Saturday night remains to be seen. If you like Cater 
Take Cater in the over. Um, I believe as the fight progresses, he has the ability to win the fight. I don't think he's going to come out there and starch Giga right off the rip. Um, two and a half short time with a guy like Cater, you got to give him time to work. Um, if you like Cater, take the over or take the money line. If you like Giga, I hate to say take inside the distance because even Max Holloway couldn't finish Cater like that. But if Giga's going to win, I think it's going to be inside the distance because I think it's going to be because the damage from the Holloway fight showed up. Um, yeah. So if the damage from the Holloway fight presents itself, Giga will get him out of there. If it doesn't, we know that Cater is absolutely as tough as they come. So I'm. if you're asking me who I'm going to pick to win the fight, I'm at least right now initially leaning on Giga. But the value on Cater might be something that I entertain on Saturday night. Truthfully, though, because I like both of these guys so much, this is a hard one for me to bet because I I'm, I almost feel like a like a parent where I want both of them to do well. Mm. Um, I, obviously, Participation trophy? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, uh, we mm. like Giga because we've been on him since he was a prospect coming into the UFC. Yeah. Uh, and has been one of our stable horses that we're constantly chirping at people to bet on outside of the Cub Swanson fight. Um, and Cater obviously is a friend of the show, so there's a little bit. I'm not. I'm, I, I can't say that the picks and the, and the feelings are ambiguous. They, they're they're very much tied together. Um, but I need to see. I need to see how Calvin looks, man. I need yeah. to see how he looks. Um, so as of right now, I I, I leave you with this. If you like Calvin Cater, take a money line or take the over. If you like Giga, take inside the distance. That's, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. All right. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna text Calvin right now and just be like, dude, how are you feeling? Tell you me, good? You good, tell me, bro? Tell, tell me what's going on. Yeah, dude. How do you How do you really feel? You a little foggy, dude, or you feel you feel good? You feel like, like, like what? What yeah, round are we easy. betting you to win? All right. You ready, dude? Prelims? First pre first prelim fight of the year. We're gonna roll through them pretty quick. Oh man, it's a good one. All right, your your girl Vanessa Dimopoulos at six and four taking on yes! Savannah Gomez Juarez at ten and three. Your your girl Vanessa's a favorite here, minus one thirty. Savannah Gomez Juarez is at plus one ten over and around the two and a half. Do you go with science here, or do you go with the glitter factory? <laughs> I was distracted because my wife just came in, came into uh, the studio here and grabbed a bottle of wine. I don't understand it because, like, we drink together, but she grabbed it. Are you? Is she seven feet tall, or are you sitting on a kid's seat? You're looking like sky high. Oh yeah, no, I I I, I draw with my crayons down here, down okay. below. Gotcha. With your watercolors, you just yeah. Here's the thing, dude. This fight to start off the prelims. If you are a longtime listener, you know there is a soft spot in Trey's heart for Vanessa Dimamilla. Can't pronounce her last name. She's I wouldn't a say it's I wouldn't say it's soft. Well, she's a stripper. I wouldn't say it's um, a soft spot. It's a hard spot. <laughs> Dude, here's the thing. I was high on Vanessa for a long time. Because she was an LFA champ, and I have a very soft spot for LFA champs, i.e., like the Brandon Roy Vows, people like that. I think that the, that fielding system of LFA produces some of the best fighters. The problem is when she came on Dana White Contender, Contender Series, what was that, two, three fights ago, or whatever, 
she reverted back to like savage instincts, which are like ditch the technique, just go in there, adrenaline dump, mm-hmm. fight like hell, but just mm-hmm. don't get it done. Then she gets a short, short notice fight, same type of thing. I'm hoping this is like a third time as a charm type thing. She comes in and she just executes an actual game plan. I get worried because she's someone that aggressively walks in, but then once she understands that she's not as powerful, she backs up and just kind of takes punches as they come while backing up towards the end of the cage. I don't like that. Silvana, she's got good striking, but she's slower. So this is a spot where I would normally, I've always been on Vanessa. I was so excited to fade her because I'm like, this is the end of her career. This it's done. But Silvana is not good. She takes forever to throw her shots. She's slower. She's a Caitlin Chukagan esque type fighter that does not have any pop. She's pillow fisted. She's is an absolute garbage fight. This is a can and the UFC wants a stripper to win this fight. I'm mine. You what? Out of your mind. First, am I still here? Yeah, you're there. Oh. Okay. I'm having some sort of internet issue here. <laughs> were you were you stopping your tracks because it was so perfectly laid out for you? Is that is that what's up? Is that what happened? No, I was just what what was interesting to me um that you said that a woman that has ten career wins has no pop when six of her wins have come by knockout. And oh I'm sorry, was that from Fisher Price fucking uh jungle fights or whatever <laughs> Your price, what what fights. bullshit league was she getting her her her, her ko's in uh ombres de honor uh, oh, oh and- yeah very familiar <laughs> okay keep Ombre- going what was the next Ombre's one to, Ombre's to honor 43 uh she beat okay. angelica lobos by knockout okay cool uh yeah. and then xfc international she's got a couple arm bar finishes there and then uh invictus fighters Combate 45, Lux Fight League, and UWC. She was nat- She was uh, racking up KOs. Combate was the only one that I knew in that yeah. entire list. All right. Uh, one, she's a women's underdog, so I'm taking her. And then two, <laughs> she had... here. Oh, you're fucking losses, right. These are her three losses. Pollyonatello, Luke... Am I, what's going on with my internet here? I've got my back. Yeah, you're good. It's, I think it's God saying that you're just spitting out garbage at this point. <laughs> <laughs> She's only lost to Pollyanna Botelia, Ariana Lipsky, and Loopy Godinez. You love Loopy. That's, that's why. Now I understand. She's only lost to women that have won fights in the UFC. Vanessa has never won a fight in the UFC. She's only had three fights. She hasn't won one yet. She hasn't won one. Taking my girl, Silvana Gomez-Juarez, plus money. Give it to me. Give it to me. You want a people's main event, the first fight? You know, here's what's crazy is, you know Chris Tognoni is going to be the ref for that fight. I know, I know. So then it makes me think that who knows it's a coin it makes me think that i shouldn't bet the first two fights of the the it's almost like i need to we need to make a chris tanyoni contingency list where 
we see where he starts in the roster and then count it out to see which plays are still viable. Do they predetermine that? They they determine it, the, I think, the day of, but we can't see it. Right. So you wouldn't know until literally he walks out of the shadows and he's he's there. He's he's one of the first two fights every time. Right. So he's either you see him once and then you need to see who else is refereeing to see what the rotation is. So usually the apex as of late has been Tonyoni, uh Mark Smith. Smith, yeah. Herzog. Herzog and then Beltron have yeah. been like the four really active apex folks. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to see, you know, almost like the caveat again needs to be Tonyoni, which I know a lot of people love Chris Tonyoni, but those of you who are unaware, he is an absolute scourge. Who loves to our show? Dude, people really like somebody puts, they had all the end of year, year end awards and stuff. And people like all these accounts online were posting like, Oh, who's your favorite? Blah, blah, blah. And Tonyoni was like, people were like, Oh, Tonyoni is one of the more consistently good referees out there. I was every person sucking dick, dude. Just, consistently inconsistent. <laughs> not to mention he's just bad luck. He's just Dude, bad he's luck. Horrible. He's horrible. Whether or not he's good at his job or not, I can't I can't say because he just I don't think I've won a fight where he's the referee. No. So all right. Brian Kelleher at 23 and 12 taking on Sai Yakub Karamanov. I'm gonna go with that. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's a lot. Karamanov minus 162. Brian Kelleher at plus 140, over on around the two and a half. Why don't you take Brian Kelleher here? Why you have not? to. He checks all the boxes, dude. He's a little muscled, dude. Good yeah. striking, good grappling. Why right. not? Yeah. I mean, what's the what's the harm? Let me let me say this. What's the harm in taking Brian Kelleher? There's not. Brian Kelleher only falls by the wayside when he's faced with legit UFC competition. He mm. is a glorified entry into the UFC. You want to know where the barometer is set? It's Brian Kelleher. He mm. will tell you if your UFC quote unquote caliber. What blows my mind, dude, did you know that guys, he's kind of a nerd. Uh, I mean, I've definitely, I've, I've watched him on his Instagram live freestyle rap before. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, I think he's got a little bit yeah, of, but he sells like there. baseball cards and Hey man, there's money to be made there, bro. Cards are I coming know. back, man. Cards are coming back. Well, he's going to get a win here on, on Saturday. And, uh, it's not going to be a performance in the night of the bonus. It's not going to be something absolutely fantastic, but it's going to get the job done versus a guy. I cannot pronounce his name. I'll say this, uh, Karamanov looked fantastic when he submitted Trevin Jones. Um, that being said, Brian Kelleher has been around long enough and faced very high-level competition for a sustainable amount of time, more so than I think Karamanov has. Dog that'll fight for my money in Brian Kelleher with knockout power and good submission skills, decent wrestling, great cardio, um, power in a, in, a, in a lighter guy, uh, and he's going up against in a lightweight as well but I, I relatively untested as far as i'm concerned an elite level competition so i'm going to take kelleher i'm going to take the experience i'm going to take the dog in the fight it's in a card like this you got to scratch for value i think kelleher at plus 140 that's decent value trevin jones is, has no cardio brian mm, kelleher is going to have cardio okay okay these are hot takes man you're coming in hot this year i think coming in hot dakota bush eight and three taking on 
I think I think it's called is it Vakishlav Borshev? No, dude, you just call him this. Slava Claus. Yes. Slava Claus. Slava Claus at a minus 180. Dakota Bush at a plus 155 over and around at two and a half. Another spot where I think there's value on the underdog here. I know you're a big Slava Claus guy because he's team alpha male. Um, And he had a great knockout and contender series. But, dude, Dakota Bush, good wrestling, good cardio. I mean, this is a legit. uh, Hear me when I say it. Plus 155. You got a decent shot to make some underdog money here. I, I get I get your sentiment. He's plus one fifty five is glory MMA fighter. So you know James Krause is gonna be freaking salve in the corner. I know you love some James Krause. It's not true at all, but go ahead. <laughs> Slava Claus is the real deal, dude. Mm-hmm. Yes, he had a devastating knockout in the Dana White contender series, which put him on the on the map. But you gotta remember this is a guy that's a kickboxing freaking whiz, dude. He has like 300 plus fights in freaking kickboxing. This isn't a new sport for him, dude. He's he's knows what's up. His grappling is fantastic because of Team Alpha Male. His striking is fantastic because of his history. Like Slava Claus, dude. He's real, dude. He's dropping off fucking presents for everyone this year, and it's gonna be knockouts. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't listen. I don't love Dakota Bush enough to die on this hill defending that that breakdown. I just I like I think Bush is a live dog here. TJ Brown taking on Gabriel Benitez. Benitez at 22 and 9. TJ Brown at 15 and 8. Benitez at a minus 177. Brown coming back at a plus 150, plus 152, over on rounds at two and a half. I mean, we just go Gabriel Benitez here, right? We don't think that TJ Brown. What, dude? Do you think no. TJ you you think TJ Brown's got a shot at winning this fight? Of Hold the on. Glory MMA fighters, Hold I actually on. think this is the good Hold Glory on. MMA let fighter pull, on the let card. Let me pull up the let me pull up the people's main event sound. Wait, no, you had this dude. You had this holstered. I can see it in your eyes. You knew it when I sent you plays earlier. I Which, by all. the way. For all new listeners out there, I always send my plays to Dale, and then Dale never sends shit, and then he decides to fade all my picks when we get on the show to act like he is the superior intellect that he is. That's not at all. My plays have no bearing on your show prep. If you come and you're convicted, do I ever do I ever push back on your stuff? I always say I respectfully disagree with you. I don't ever yeah, tell which you. Is, which is the worst thing you could say. That's essentially, you're a moron. This is what the answer is. <laughs> fine i'd love to hear your reason for gabriel uh freaking benitas the guy that thinks which by the way he is the real Mowgli. if you yes <laughs> yes yeah. but no the guy that thinks he's the hardest kicker in the ufc talks the biggest game flamboyant freaking boisterous thinks he's the shit he's fucking one and three in his last four dude tj brown glory mma Kraus, solid wrestling. That's his background, what you love. Pocket mm-hmm. boxing, good flowy state, solid plus money here. Okay. Uh, three of those four, like you said, Billy Q, who we love, Omar Morales, future contender, Sadiq Youssef, just absolutely grounded um, and one of the one of the best prospects that's out there currently. Uh Win over Justin James, not a UFC level talent, so I'll I'll get rid of that. Humberto Bandanai, Jason Knight, Sam Cecilia, all wins there. If I'm looking at that, and I'm taking it in comparison to TJ Brown, right? TJ Brown, like you said, fantastic wrestler. I can't I can't say anything against that. Um, but losses to Danny Chavez, losses to Jordan Griffin and Cody Carrillo, as well as 
Bobby Moffat, the Wolfman, right? So <laughs> I just don't see anything when I look at TJ Brown that makes me think that he can compete with a guy like Gabriel Benitez. Yes, he's in a gym full of killers. I won't take anything away from him like that. But if you look at who Gabriel Benitez has fought versus the last win that TJ Brown has, which is a split decision over Kai Kamaka, who is no longer with the promotion, a split decision, mind you, no longer with the promotion, I am not sold on him uh, in this spot. Now, can a wrestler with good cardio potentially win you a fight? Absolutely. But I don't think he has good three-round cardio. I think he has good 13-minute cardio depending on how, how hard he has to work for those 13 minutes. And why I say that 13-minute time period is that he can potentially, depending on how hard he's working, win you about two rounds. Um, but if one's a wishy-washy round or one can be split either way, he's going to drop a round for sure if it goes all three, and one's going to be tossed up in the air. I'm going with Gabriel Benitez. Better camp, better competition, and he's got knockout power. I'm taking Gabriel Benitez here. I should never, never really... Yeah, I'll take I'll take Gabriel Benitez here. I just want to know you. So you think AKA is better than Glory? Historically speaking, yes. I don't even think that's even remotely close to being a competition. Not historically speaking, present day speaking. Hundred percent, still better. Wow. Okay. Okay. One hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll take Benitez. Uh, Tim says should be a pick'em line this one for the people's main event. Here's the thing, though, Tim, is that it's it's one of those things um, where it just has to be what the, the fight that we sh- – we people's main event is largely based on which one we di- disagree the most vehemently on. And um, we've had a little bit of differences so far, but Trey seems really high on TJ Brown here. No, so I'm not. We're, Dude, we're don't gonna do make, this. We're, don't since, do this. Since you love TJ so much, we're going to make you really, really hold on to it. All right. No. Can we get through these last couple here? Because yeah, I gotta go to bed. I gotta work in the morning. Not all oh, of us. Okay. Not all of us work from home. Um, yeah. All right. Court McGee at twenty-one and ten, taking on Ramiz Brahmaj. Brahmaj at nine and three. Court McGee uh, at twenty-one and ten. This is an over. Uh, or I'm sorry. This fight is a pick'em, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and yeah, it is cool. Awesome. Overrun rounds is at two and a half here. Trey. Do we go against what has been the Court McGee recipe and just go Court McGee by decision? I think we start this off by what we always do with Court McGee is the over under on how many times they call me drug addict. Yeah, we'll go two. I'm saying what's got to be, we'll do one and a half because it's got to be the half because of potential over. So I'm going to go one and a half on the amount of times that they talk about his addiction slash drug addict. Okay. Okay, good. That seems like a fair line. Dude, I'm going court here. Are you? I Are you? Right okay. Old old salty dog that he is. Okay. Okay. I think that he's got fantastic. You're not finishing court, McGee. He's got mm-hmm. fantastic defense, mm-hmm. whether that's mm-hmm. on ground or that's actually standing. You don't you don't shut down this blue collar motherfucker, dude. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ramiz, though, he's that guy that's going to drown you on the ground. He is a leech. He's a guy that's going to modern-day freaking go in there, half guard, hold, strangle, do whatever you can to just stick on white rice. Now, Mm -hmm. 
I don't know. Is he going to be able to hear what his corner says? The guy, he has one ear. I mean, we talk about, you know, he's a modern day gladiator as it relates to doing things on the ground. He's also a modern day fucking Van Gogh. The guy has one ear. If you don't no, remember. It's still there. It's still it's there. not they, there. They Max Griffin punched on. that thing up into bleachers. He is a one ear man at weigh-ins. I want to see that one weird ear. Um, I'm going court McGee. I don't think he's going to be able to hear what his corner is saying. I also think he's very one-dimensional. Court McGee's well-rounded. He's a freaking fight for your money. I'm shocked this is a pick em. I was hoping I can get... Actually, I'm going to wait. and Because I think Court McGee's going to come in at plus money, and that's when I'm going to strike like a freaking snake, dude. Okay. Okay. Last time that Court McGee was was submitted, do you know, do you know when that was? When I was born in 1988. <laughs> Uh, Court McGee has last time Court McGee was submitted was 2010. Oh my yeah, what? Brahmaj has nine career victories by submission. Yeah, it doesn't. If matter. he's winning the fight, he's submitting you. Right. He's not knocking you out. Um. So I just I feel <laughs> it feels so weird to feel confident in a Court McGee play. <laughs> Yeah, but Brahmaj has one path to victory, and it's it. submission. And Court McGee has not been submitted in almost twelve years. Right, that's such a long time. Do you take do you do you go with that and say logically he hasn't been submitted in twelve years? This guy's not going to submit him. Or do you take the degenerate gambler approach to it and you go, it's been twelve years. He's due to get submitted. Which one do you take? Dude, 12 years. All right, I'm taking McGee. I'm taking Court McGee. Fine. Let's go. Last fight. Featured prelim. Jamie Pickett, Joseph Holmes. Joseph Holmes at 7-1. Jamie Pickett at 12-6. and six. Holmes is a favorite here, despite making his promotional debut. Against Jamie Pickett, plus 130, um, minus 150 for Holmes over and around is at 1.5. I'm going to be honest with you. I normally would be inclined to take the over in this fight. But does a knockout seem likely here? Does a, does a fast knockout seem likely? No? No. Okay. This one's, this is like, it's a bummer because we've had some people in the chat that have said, hey, what's going on with the Pickett-Holmes fight? Have you guys gone over it yet? People are no. interested in this fight for a couple of reasons. I'm okay. not interested in it for a plethora of reasons, dude. Jimmy mm. Pickett is the type of guy mm. that is a good fighter, but never executes his game plan. Oh, wow. He is a guy that has striking. He has grappling, but what does he end up doing? He just elongates the fights. He clinches heavy. He lays, he waits for the bell to sound like mm. boar snorefest. Elias Thoradu fucking Theodora. put me to sleep, dude. Theodora. Just Theodora. super boring. I don't like it. And Holmes coming in a Dana White contender series. Glory MMA. He just looks meh, dude. He looks very like meat and potatoes type fighter. I think if Jamie Pickett comes in and does what he's supposed to do and utilize the techniques and talents that he actually has, he can win this fight. But if he's going to go in and just lay and pray and let Holmes be the aggressor, have the adrenaline dump of a true, you know, first UFC Vegas 46 fight card. He's going to lose this fight because he's going to not have the octagon control. He's going to look like the aggressor, all this stuff. Jamie Pickett's in a bad position. 
I don't want to bet on Jamie Pickett, but being that he's at plus money, I have to, because I'm thinking that the tides are going to turn. We're going to see a resurgence. We're going to see what should be the true self of Jamie Pickett. Fun fact is that Jamie Pickett is a conflict MMA alum. Oh, really? He is. He is right before he got right before he went to the contender series. Um, he, his last fight was with, with conflict MMA. I have to bet him for sure. Then, um, I thought he looked. I thought Jamie Pickett looked really good in the Loriano Staropoli fight. Uh, Staropoli's very creative. Italian doesn't present the same ground skills that say uh, Joseph Holmes does. But when I look at Holmes, I don't see a guy that's fought anybody. With all due respect to right. his record, his career, and the people that he's that that have put the time in and competed against him, um, I just don't. I don't see the value in the quality of competition. Anywhere near Jamie Pickett, anywhere near who Jamie Pickett has recently fought or fought even regionally coming up before. I'm going to go Pickett here at, a, at plus money. I'll be leaning the over one and a half here, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not loving it. Um, but I'm going to lean the over one and a half and I'm on Jamie Pickett money line underdog. I like it. Okay. I like let's, it. let's run through these real quick. Subject to change come Saturday. Uh, but as it stands right now, just money line. What do you like, Vanessa and Sylvania? Vanessa, I'm on Sylvania. Kelleher and Karamanov. Kelleher, I'm on Kelleher as well. Bush and Slava Claus. Ah, uh, Slava Claus. Mm, okay, uh, Bush. Benitez, TJ Brown. Benitez. Uh, no. <laughs> we, we, we people's main event of that. You can't switch it. <laughs> Do whatever I want. Things are subject to change, bitch. All right. Well, then the people, then the, the people's main event is Sylvania versus Vanessa. Then, which I'm way happy about. First fight of the night, absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. So we're both on Benitez then. Yeah. Which, Perfect. by the way, if Benitez loses, I'm going to talk a lot of shit. But Cor- I'm on. Court McGee, Ramiz, uh, Bravmash. Court McGee. I'm on McGee as well. Jamie Pickett, Joseph Holmes. Pickett. I'm on Pickett as well. Algio and Brito. Algio. I go Brito for right now. Sherman and Collier. Collier. I'm on Collier as well. Roy Val Bonterine. Roy Val. I'm on Bonterine. Maya Chukagian. Uh, Maya. I'm on Maya as well. And then Giga and Cater. I don't like it, but I'm going Giga. Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to say it out loud so somebody can screenshot it because I, or you know what I mean? I just, I, I don't. I need to see. I just want to see Cal. I just need to. I need to see Cater win a fight. I'm so, rooting for Cal. Cal. There we go. There we go. Heart says Cater. Head says Giga. Yeah. Perfect. And that's I fair. W- if someone said that to you in life, would you be pissed? Uh maybe a little bit. It's kind of like somebody saying they're just disappointed in you. Oh, that's the worst. Right. Like if your dad says that to right. you. Yeah. Oh, here's what I got growing up. You have so much potential. Oh, dude. Did you ever have anybody say that to you? No, I had the Trey great participation. Oh, I used to get I, I used to get all the time, like Dale, you have so much potential if you would just <laughs> apply yourself. Oh, the application, dude. Dude, I used to get that all the time. Like, Dale, you could do whatever you wanted if you would just apply yourself. And then would you just come back with the knife thing and just be like, I'll do stuff. I'll do whatever the knife I want. Knife hand. I'll do what I'll do I want to do. I'll do whatever I want. Um, yeah, yeah I don't cool. know. Man. Yeah. 
look at me now. <laughs> Seventh grade geography teacher doing yeah. an MMA podcast. What's up, bro? Come at me. <laughs> Come at me, Mr. Haley. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Speak, speaking of Haley's, um, yes. punch list alum Haley Cowan, finally two years away from the cage because nobody wanted to fight her. Uh, <laughs> is fighting an Invicta tomorrow night. Invicta's YouTube channel and MMAJunkie.com. She's going to murder. She emerged. She's a minus 300 favorite. Yeah, for being that makes sense. Uh, we're, we'll just, so um, the hope is talking to her is that we're going to have her on next week. Um, win, lose, or draw. She's coming on the show next week. So we'll talk to her then. But the hope is, is that she wants to get out of this fight quick, fast, in a hurry with a finish and get on the UFC Houston card. Get a call from Sean Shelby, get her into Houston, get a win, get on her way. Yep. Who's your most confident play of the night? Saturday. Hmm. Wow. Um, you go. I got to think. My oh, my most confident play of the night, I'm going to go with Collier over Sherman. <laughs> what? Heavyweight fight? You're out of your mind, dude. That was stupid. I was so dumb. Lock it up, baby. No. I don't have a confidence. This is a very tough card. I think we're going to have to be really surgical. Ton of close lines here. Yeah. Ton of ton close, of close lines. lines. Yeah. 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 All right, bye. I refuse to answer. Got anything for the people before we cut this loose? Nope. All good. All right. If you made it from 2021 into 2022, we appreciate you and we love you. Uh, buckle up. We got a lot planned for you this year, including making a ton of money. So, um, until this weekend. See you guys later. Be good to each other. Bang, bang. <laughs>